from the Alaska Airline Studio. Presented by 2020lifestyles.com. This is The Blitz. The first look at the top stories in Seattle sports. They don't make them like us. We're not like everybody else. The rundown on everything Seattle sports on your way to work. Swing and a fly ball. Deep right center field. He did it again. And the stories everyone is talking about. This is the Blitz at Six. Good morning, friends. Welcome to the Blitz at Six. Lydia Cruz alongside with you Thursday, July 23rd. Can you feel that giddy excitement in the pit of your stomach? That would be opening day. Baseball is back. Welcome back, baseball. Welcome back. Had to play Dave. You know I did. 4 p.m. Pacific time, New York Yankees face off against the defending world champion Nationals. Then 7 p.m. we get the San Francisco Giants at the L.A. Dodgers. Speaking of which, uh, the L.A. Dodgers and Mookie Betts agreeing to a 12-year, $365 million extension yesterday that keeps the former American League MVP from reaching free agency this winter. We'll talk about the details of that. But a little closer to home here yesterday, T-Mobile Field, the Mariners logging their final summer camp game of 2020. No s'mores around the campfire, Scott Service noted yesterday, but a lot of positives to take away from that. So we'll hear from Scott Service, especially Justice Sheffield's performance, really stealing the show out there on the mound yesterday. We'll hear from him as well, how he feels going into this year and, uh, Summer camp now in the books. We get baseball later today, and we get Mariners baseball tomorrow. Of course, you can hear right here on 710 ESPN Seattle. Oh, let's get to your headlines. Yeah, you can't tell I'm excited at all. The Pilots beat the Steelheads in the Mariners' final inter-squad game of summer camp 2020. Eight innings. Uh, so really building up, working towards that full game least environment mentality ahead of their matchup against the Houston Astros. Scott Service talking about summer camp in the books. Okay, we have uh, officially completed summer camp. Uh, we didn't have marshmallows around the campfire, but uh, uh, we are uh, pretty excited to, to get this thing rolling. Um, didn't know that we'd get to this point, quite frankly, uh, when this whole thing started and we all got together with all the testing and everything else uh, we were going to have to overcome to get to opening day. Um, you know, I, I was, I questioned whether it could happen or not, but, you know, a testament to, um, you know, our players, the people around major league baseball um, to put the protocols in place to make this happen. So uh, our guys are excited as heck, as am I, I know it's going to be a quick season. It's only 60 games, but at least we got one. So looking forward to, to getting to Houston, I mean, why no s'mores? I think that maybe we could work that out. Justice Sheffield stealing the show yesterday on the mound. Top chef in full form, striking out eight, four-inning outing for him, but he faced the minimum yesterday, and Scott Service noting uh, that he was pretty phenomenal. Tonight's game, um, I, I thought Chef was was really sharp. Certainly, you know, he's, he's facing a uh, – wasn't the Houston Astros, uh, the lineup that was out there against him tonight, but it's about executing pitches and, and – you know, making adjustments along the way. He was ahead in the count. That's probably the most exciting thing. You watched Graveman pitch last night, uh, 0-2, 1-2, and 80% of the hitters he faced. Tonight, Chef, 0-2, 1-2, and 75% of the hitters he faced. And that's what it's going to take, you know, trusting your stuff and just pounding the strike zones. Uh, Chef striking out the side in the first. Sheffield ready, the windup, and again the 3-2 pitch. Breaking ball, strike three. Called on the outside corner with a slider in Sheffield. Strikes out the side here in the top of the first inning. Striking out Gordon Moore and Jake Fraley. What a start for Sheffield. 
Also had five strikeouts by the second inning. The 3-2 pitch and a swing and a miss for strike three. Bishop goes down swinging. That is strikeout number five for Justice Sheffield. He retires the first six in a row with five strikeouts. Yeah, not bad. And as Scott Service mentioned there, like Kendall Graveman did the day before him, Chef was able to get out in front of hitters, get in favorable counts yesterday. The 24-year-old won't make his season debut in the opening series in Houston. That begins Friday, but uh, he will be on the mound in Anaheim against the Angels early next week. And we got to hear from him yesterday, too, that he felt pretty good, was doing uh, a little bit different he was showing some different stuff yesterday. I was doing some different stuff today, too. Uh, I was going left-on-left change-ups. Uh, got some swing and misses with that. Um, you know, I was. I felt like my slider was, was really good today. And um, my fastball, uh, I could see the movement, um, especially getting the righties off the plate, um, trying to go in. Uh, really wanted to front hip, work on front hipping guys today, and uh, I saw that. So, uh, you know, pretty excited about that. How's it been like learning from other guys in the starting rotation? It's been great. Uh, I feel like our rotation is, is a great rotation as far as guys getting uh, talent-wise and um, off the field-wise, just being uh, good human beings, uh, easy to talk to. They're going to give me advice anytime I need it. And, uh, you know, I enjoy watching them and learning from them. Um, you know, I watched uh, Kendall throw yesterday, and, um, you know, I seen him front hip some guys with his twos team. And, you know, he's a, he's a good guy to kind of look and, and watch, um, you know, do that. And, and I took that into the, today. And uh, like I said, that was that was pretty cool to see. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm a learner. Uh, I love to learn, love to watch and learn. Um, so those guys are going to help me, um, you know, just as much as I hope I can help them. Is he getting used to the no fans in the crowd or the piped in crowd noise? Yeah, he's uh, getting used to it now. Um, like I said, once you get on the mound, it's 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 you and the hitter and the, and the catcher back there. Uh, that's all I'm really worried about. And, um, you know, in a real game, I, I cancel out the noise uh, as as as, uh, as much as possible. But, um, you know, it doesn't really bother me not really having fans and, and, and things like that. You know, it's just out there playing baseball, honestly. Chef's still able to bring his intensity on the mound. Yeah, it's more of like a controlled amp, um, I would say. Uh, I think I've, I've kind of learned how to do that over the past couple of years couple years you know last year being up here um getting the pitch out here and on big league stadium and um facing big league hitters um so now it's it's kind of uh, one of a, those controlled uh getting my emotions up but um you know not letting it get get too far ahead of me and, and moving too fast so um you know definitely been working hard on that and um it's good to see it go into play what's just this just confidence level going into the season yeah 100 percent. like i said uh first couple outings uh kind of Getting the getting the feedback out there, get up, getting my feet back under me, um, getting my mechanics together, and uh, you know this last one, um, you know, just really want to treat it really like a game. Um, try and try and get that feeling of of uh, you know getting amped up and, and going after some guys. Justin Dunn also on the mound yesterday and having um, some struggles early on, but both of them mentioning both of the Mariners youngsters at the back of the rotation mentioning they're just so ready to face non-Mariners, ready to see some other jerseys in the batter's box. I'm so ready. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm sick of seeing Mariners jerseys in the box, man. It's uh, it's uh, it's fun for a little bit, but after a while, it's kind of uh, you know, gets old facing your own guys. But um, you know, we'll get started tomorrow or two days. So. Um, you know, uh, definitely looking forward to getting going. 
Two of the Mariners' highly touted young hitters also putting on a show. Still yesterday, outfielder Kyle Lewis, first baseman Evan White. Uh, White doubled twice, giving him six extra base hits, nine total hits through summer camp. Swing and a ground ball down the third baseline, right over the bank fair. Down the left field side, hits the Saints. That angle out, heading for second is White. Up with the ball is Kelnick. The throw to second is cut off by the shortstop, Walton. Evan White with a double. Clocked another one in the bottom of the fifth yesterday. Lewis also adding another multi-hit game. Not bad. Another night, a good night for Kalu and the young guys, according to Serb. Another good night by a few of our young guys. Uh, Kyle continues to, to impress. Seems like every night, Evan White again, a good night. Nice to see Vogie uh, square a few balls up tonight. He, he needed a confidence boost there, so uh, hopefully that'll help him. Also, Shed Long has had some timing issues, according to Scott Service, through summer camp, but it was cool to see him knock one in his first at bat yesterday. Here's the windup for the pitch. The leadoff batter, Shed Long, swinging a fly ball into deep left field. Kelnick going back, looking up, and goodbye baseball. Shed Long with an opposite field home run straight away left into the visitors' bullpen. His first home run of the summer camp. Mariners catcher uh, Tom Murphy, we did learn, has a metatarsal fracture in his left foot. So some unfortunate news there. Jerry Jerry DePoto confirming that on the broadcast of Root Sports, broadcast of the Inter-Squad game yesterday. He will be placed on IL today. So Austin Nola will be the starter, will move up in the depth chart. And then Joe Hudson moves into the backup role. And Scott Service speaking about Joe Hudson yesterday, who seems a bit of an unknown. He is just 29 years old, but played in just nine MLB games since his debut in 2008. The thing that stood out for me with, with Joe tonight, um, you know, the sequencing of pitches and having been around Joe, you know, he didn't play much in our first go around spring training. He had the oblique injury and, you know, seeing him back there tonight, uh, the last couple of days he's caught, his understanding of sequencing pitches is really good. He's been around. He's caught a lot uh, at high levels. Um, he really doesn't take him long at all to get in sync with our starting pitchers and certainly our young guys, which they need the help. Um, so, quicker we can get him up to speed and get him comfortable and you know how we want to use our young guys stuff the better off we'll all be so very confident both in his ability to make adjustments and get on board with our guys along you know Austin Nola already has a feel for that so uh, again it's a blow not to have Murph um, when we break camp but you know we've got to deal with it. Coming up next on the Blitz, some big headlines surrounding opening day. Uh, Yesterday, we got this surprising news that MLB and the Players Association are possibly discussing expanding the 2020 playoffs from 10 teams to 16, according to multiple reports. Uh, Interesting, since discussions seemed like such a challenge earlier. Now they might be going back to the drawing table. We'll explain that. Plus star outfielder Mookie Betts and the Dodgers agreed to a 12-year, $365 million extension. And the Blue Jays, they still have no place to play their home games. It's next on The Blitz, right here on 710 ESPN Seattle. From the Alaska Airlines studio, this is The Blitz. Welcome back to The Blitz at 6. Lydia Cruz alongside with you Thursday, July 23rd. It is opening day for baseball. We're going to get two games later today. The Yankees facing off against the defending world champs, the Nationals, at 4 p.m. Pacific time. Then 7 p.m. Pacific, San Francisco Giants at the L.A. Dodgers. Both of those games on ESPN. So live sports, uh back on our television so i know we've gotten uh treated to some as of now and the mls is back tournament but baseball opening day it's the season that 
wasn't ever stopped uh, at any point, was just shut down in spring training. So there's lots of storylines, though. Going into this day, yesterday we heard some surprising news. Major League Baseball and the MLB Players Association, uh, they were headed back to the discussion tables, at least on expanding the 2020 playoffs from 10 teams to 16, according to multiple reports, including ESPN. The news was first reported by MLB Network, but it comes as the league is set to start its abbreviated season today. During negotiations for a return to play this season, MLB and the players discussed expanding the playoffs to eight teams per league for 2020 and 2021. So these were some topics that came up before, but uh, it really interesting if thou that could be a part of this season. Buster only speaking on ESPN Radio, the ex- effects of expanded playoffs in a shortened season. And think about that because of the you know the limitations of the calendar. What that would mean is that the outset of the playoffs with the 16 team field, all 16 16 teams will be in action right away, and that first series almost certainly would have to be a best of three. So Dodgers Yankees could be playing for their lives right away in a best-of-three series, that would be fun. Uh, if you're going to have an accelerated product this year, that, uh, that would seem to be wholly appropriate. Every game matters. Also yesterday, some big contract news. Star outfielder Mookie Betts uh, came to an agreement with the Los Angeles Dodgers on a 12-year, $365 million extension that will keep the former American League MVP from reaching free agency this, this winter. Combined with the one-year $27 million deal that he's currently playing on, Betts' total comes to 13 years and $392 million. Not bad, right? The deal tops the previous extension record of $360 million signed by Mike Trout and includes a record $65 million signing bonus. Jeff Passan saying that this deal benefits both sides. Both sides benefit from it. The Los Angeles Dodgers want to win championships. Seven consecutive National League West titles, two World Series losses. And when they traded for Mookie Betts from Boston this offseason, it was to add him to a core that includes Cody Bellinger, that includes Walker Buehler and Dustin May and Corey Seager and Will Smith. You can go on and on about the talent. And that is why Mookie Betts was comfortable signing this deal and taking himself to age 40 He wants to be in Los Angeles. He was comfortable with the Dodgers. It is the second biggest contract in baseball history. And amid the pandemic, there were concerns that free agent dollars weren't going to be what he had hoped. Well, he didn't have to go to free agency to get paid. He got it from the Dodgers. Mookie Betts joined in on a video conference with with reporters from Dodgers Stadium. Well, he'll make his Dodgers debut today against San Francisco and said that he's looking to spending his whole career with the Dodgers. Uh, it's a special day, kind of what I've been working for for my whole life. I've been a part of this, um, part of this, everybody's been a part of uh, this, this whole thing. This is uh, the day that we've been uh, dreaming about and for it to come true. is definitely a blessing. Super happy to be a part of this organization. Also talked about his role as a leader on the team, said and made it very clear that he's there to win rings. I am who I am. I don't, I don't want to be any more than who I am. And, you know, if it's setting an example, then it's setting an example. And if it's, you know, if it's kind of falling in line, then it's falling in line. I'm not really uh, overly concerned with having to step in and be a leader now. I'm here to win some rings, bring some rings back to L.A. That's, what, uh, that's all I'm focused on. 
The Dodgers acquired 27-year-old bets from the Red Sox in a trade over the winter. They gave up outfielder Alex Verdugo and shortstop prospect Jeter Downs with the guarantee of only one year, uh, at least the hope also that Betts would consider re-signing before hitting the open market. Prior to the COVID-19 pandemic, Betts was expected to receive a deal worth at least $300 million, but there was some speculation that uh, the game's unclear financial future could change that. It didn't appear to, though, yesterday. Uh, Jeff Passan also noting that Betts' deal shows the rest of the league that owners have some money. What he did with this deal is showed players across baseball that as poor as some of the owners were crying at the beginning of the pandemic, they still have money. And in this case, they have almost $400 million to pay one of the best players in baseball. Meanwhile, the Blue Jays looked like they might lock up a home at PNC Park uh, because their schedule lined up pretty perfectly with the Pirates there. No home games really uh, overlapping, but they got the no-go from local government there. So now they still are looking for a place to play their home games with a couple of options on the table, including one of their minor league affiliates in Buffalo, although they've complained that the lighting there isn't up to up to par and they really want to play in a major league stadium if possible. It could end up that they play all of their home games on the road. According to Passage. 24 hours ago, the Toronto Blue Jays thought it was a fate accompli that they were going to be playing the vast majority of their games at PNC Park this year. The Pennsylvania Department of Health today said, no, you're not. And so the Blue Jays right now are nomads. They do not have a home. And while there has been some discussion about them possibly playing at Oriole Park at Camden Yards, the possibility is Buster only reported earlier today is that the Blue Jays could spend the 2020 season as a full-time road team bouncing from city to city. Now, that certainly is not ideal. They would prefer to be in one place. But absent finding a place that's going to take them, that may be the only way they can play in this upcoming season. Just all games on the road in this 60-game season. Coming up next on the Blitz, Evan White adding two more extra bases yesterday, two doubles in the team's final game of summer camp. Aaron Goldsmith joined Tom Jake and Stacey yesterday to discuss the potential for Evan White, plus this first series against the Astros. People haven't forgotten about the Astros cheating scandal. Next on the Blitz, right here on 710 ESPN Seattle. You're listening to The Blitz from the Alaska Airlines studio. Welcome back to The Blitz at 6. Lydia Cruz alongside with you Thursday, July 23rd. It's a jam-packed day. We've got baseball later this evening. We've also got a huge announcement coming from NHL Seattle this morning at 9 a.m. If you are one of the many future season ticket holders out there like myself or just you're just an excited fan, there's going to be hockey here in not that long. Well, you can find out the new team name coming to life today, 9 a.m. Pacific time on the NHLSeattle.com website. <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm just that excited. Or their social media pages. So we'll be ta- discussing that. It'll be breaking live on Danny and Gallant. So I'm sure we'll have plenty of thoughts on that. 9 a.m. this morning. Before that, baseball is still the theme of the day. And yesterday, Evan White impressing yet again with two extra base hits 
He's uh, now had a very impressive summer camp and will make his debut in the lineup against the Houston Astros. The Houston Astros, by the way, that we haven't forgotten about that cheating scandal that happened uh, last season and beyond. So Aaron Goldsmith uh, with some thoughts yesterday. We knew that Evan White would be great on defense, but what have you made so far? What are your takeaways about his appearances at the plate? No, you're right, Stacey. I mean, he's like, I don't want to overbuild somebody, but like he's elite at first base. I think for depending on your age and how much baseball you've watched, like there's a chance that he's the very best defensive first baseman you've ever seen, like right now. I think there's a chance that he is right now. To, I, I almost feel conservative saying this. Right now, he's a top three defensive first baseman in the big leagues. I mean, that's what we're talking about. Um, this much we've known about Evan. He has pretty elite exit velocities. I mean, like among the hardest hit exit velos among all Mariners farmhands uh, last year, he played in a very pitcher-friendly ballpark last season in AA at Dickey Stevens in, in, in Little Rock, Arkansas. Uh, and that he's had over the course of his career more of a propensity to hit the ball on the ground than to hit the ball in the air. Man, last night we saw him hit the ball in the air a couple of times, and it was incredible. One of them went foul, uh, hit the cart path, and bounced out of the ballpark, which is even when you hit uh, off a walkway is still almost impossible to do. And then the homer that he hit late was just an absolute missile. It was incredible. Uh, so I think the the thing with Evan has been that the organization has been uh, efforting to do during his brief time as a professional is how do you unlock him getting the ball in the air? How do you unlock the same exit velocity, the same hard hit rate, his ability to find the barrel, but instead of the ball hitting the ground or hitting on a line into a gap, which is great. How do you get that puppy up in the air? Because if you can unlock that, man, now you've got, something incredibly special you know last year the average major league average was like around 260 in terms of batting average is of course the game has gone away from batting average in some aspects you know, if, if he can be especially in his first go around this first year that we're going to see him in this abbreviated season Stacey I mean if he can be just close to an average major league hitter with the defense, I mean, that's incredible. I mean, you have to keep in mind, he's really had no meaningful time in professional baseball above double-A. He's going to be facing pitchers every night that will be the best pitcher he's ever faced. So he's going to have a big learning curve. But obviously, they believe in the player. They believe in the talent. They believe in the person. I mean, he's just a, a, a wonderful human being. And this is a, a guy that I think Mariners fans should be very excited to have. It's really like a, a real pillar of the organization for many years to come. Aaron, uh, one last one from me here. You know, policing the game in the context of one game, like you hit my guy, I, I'm going to hit your guy, like that makes some sense to me. But what do you think about this notion that's sort of out there, the, uh, maybe from all of baseball, not just Mariner fans, but that there's some pressure on Marco Gonzalez to throw at uh, one or more Astro players? Well, I, I mean, I can tell you this, like somebody's going to throw at him, right? I mean, I don't, I'm not breaking any, I'm not breaking new news here. I mean, somebody's going to throw at him. And I'm, I, if uh, I have not had any conversations to, about any players about this, uh, uh, I'm just speaking from what I, what I would think if I was a player, 
if I was a player, I would think that the Astros are getting off free of charge this year because they're not going to get booed every time they go on the road. I mean, and for understandable reasons, our minds as sports fans have been in far more important places than the Astros banging on a trash can. So, you know, whether or not it's Marco or somebody else, and I'm not even just saying with the Mariners, but in 60 games, those guys are going to get pegged. Um, the difference now this year is that there are these insanely strict rules about not making contact with the opposition. So, I mean, you know, if you're the Astros, uh, you got to wear it, man. you got to wear it. I mean, you, you did the deed. You've kind of apologized. You've kind of not apologized. And you're going to wear it. If you're the Astros, you should be just thank, thanking uh, the situation that you're only going to wear it for 60 games instead of 162. And that if you're them, you hope that after this offseason, you know, the majority of people forget about it and we all move on with our lives. Aaron Goldsmith, uh, who will be calling some of those games, so excited to hear some Goldie calls, some new Goldie calls on our airwaves right here on 710 ESP at Seattle. And of course, opening day, just one day away now. Uh, but also, training camp, not that far off. And Seahawks' Paul Moyer joining Bob David Moore yesterday to talk about how he feels about no preseason and what training camp might look like. Hey, um, we've been talking about, you know, possibly having, they're going to have eight padded practices. You know, and we, we talked about, like, Damian Lewis, you know, an offensive lineman. Those guys need reps and, you know, the fits, the run fits and everything. All of a sudden, my, my um, I guess, predictions about, the the rookie class and whether you know they're able to contribute much this year is is changing a little bit what do you think about uh, rookies making the team with that few practice practices i mean everybody's in the same boat but yeah. still it might hamper uh, the the progress of some of these young guys yeah i i think a couple things there dave um one is i think this will be a record year for the least amount of rookie free agents that make it in the nfl uh, there's just there's just no way. Um, you just there's no you, you haven't had any OTAs to impress the coaches. You're not going to have the reps during um, you know once camp starts, and you're certainly not going to have a game to pull it off. Uh, so rookie free agents moving forward are going to have to make it from the practice squad. It's going to be a year out. It will be truly a development uh, period. The the drafted guys they're going to make the team uh, for the most part, and and the reason why is. A rookie versus a veteran, um, just the, the minimum wage with the salary cap, if they're not a guy who's really playing, getting you know good uh, percentage of plays as a starter, uh, you, you, the casualty is for the veteran. Um, so I, I think those guys are going to make it in just purely because you, you vested and, and, and had a, a draft pick because of that. Um, but I, I think there's going to be just fewer rookies on teams. That was Paul Moyer on with Bob, Dave, and more. And you can listen to his full appearance on 710sports.com. Just click on the podcast tab. Up next on The Blitz, it is time for the hot list. We'll hear more details on what training camp might look like. Ryan Clark with some uh, ideas on where the NFL and the Players Association sit right now. It's next in the hot list right here on 710 ESPN Seattle. From the Alaska Airlines studio, this is The Blitz. It's time for The Hot List. Holy mackerel! The headlines for the day in sports every morning at 6.45. Heck yes! What are we missing here? A full breakdown of the top stories of today on your morning drive. Let's go! 
College football still trying to figure out the viability of a season this fall. Even some Power 5 conferences are still trying to figure out if they're going to play conference-only schedules or if they're going to proceed with their non-conference schedule. Heather Dinich, ESPN College Football Reporter, on solving the problem of the college football season. And she said, no way to sugarcoat it. It's going to be tough. As of right now, they're sitting at nine games. Um, ideally, it, they would like to obviously keep that Arkansas game with the SEC. So- well, that's a wrong cut. But, uh, Heather, on what are commissioners using to make the ultimate decision here? Well, first and foremost, it's the trends of the coronavirus, right? And it's, it's gone on a roller coaster to, hey, we might be able to do this, to, whoa, concerns are very, very high. And where does that look over, over the next week? And the other thing that they're really paying attention to, as you know, guys, is the pros. And are, is their experiment working with the NFL and Major League Baseball and the NBA? And knowing, obviously, that college sports is extremely different because you can't have that quote bubble or if you're talking about the NBA wobble whatever it might be it's just not it's a different scenario so again it goes back to the point of also seeing what happens when the college football players are going through walkthroughs when they have an actual football in their hand when the coach is out there with a mask on and actually coaching can he keep his distance um, all of those types of scenarios but leading the discussion, and I will say this over and over again, is the trend of the coronavirus and the advice that they are getting from their medical advisory boards. Heather Dinich, too, on when a decision needs to be made on college football? I think the decision that needs to be made is when to start the season, and that's what Jack Swarbrick and I talked about. He said that he thinks that you'll start to see some of those type of decisions emerge because that's the first step in figuring out, okay, what does my practice schedule look like? When does the first game actually start? What does the schedule look like? Um, So, yes, if the season is going to start on time, that certainly needs to be determined within the next week to 10 days. Um, That being said, this is so fluid. Every single person that I speak to is so reluctant to put an actual date on anything, but the SEC and ACC have put out statements, and Greg Sankey said last night on on the show that next week is going to be a milestone for the conference. Well, uh, still hoping for the best when it comes to college football and also professional football, which training camps are set to get underway here shortly. Ryan Clark, ESPN NFL analyst on the current situation in the NFL. I always thought it would end up here from a preseason perspective. I, I just thought that when the NFL and the Players Association looked at the risk-reward value of preseason games that they do away with them, not only for the health and safety as it pertains to COVID-19, but also the health and safety of its players who didn't get an offseason. And now, Junior knows this, and you know this too, Mike. Like, in the facilities, you're not necessarily working that hard anyway. Like, like the strength coach's job is just to not hurt anybody. So there are going to be some players, I see Greg Olsen came out and say things, who are actually going to be in better shape coming into camp. And so that probably won't necessarily be it. But y'all know getting in football shape is different. And so I thought that this would be the move. I think that it's a good thing from health and safety perspective. But I was an undrafted guy. I mean, if, if the New York Giants only take – you know, take 10 less people in training camp going into the 0-2 season, I'm probably not on the roster, and I ended up making that team. And so this is going to change some of the opportunities at the bottom 
of the rosters for a lot of people. Ronnie Stanley, Ravens offensive tackle, spoke yesterday as well on his comfort level for players heading into training. Yeah, I think it's kind of uh, subjective at that point. I think some teams have more um, things in place than others just based on the resources they have available. So um, as for the Ravens, I'm confident coming back that they have all their um, everything in place, you know, that all the precautions are taken in the facility. So, um, and we're trying to get that across the board. I think that's one of the big things for the PA. We kind of want that, that standard um, across the board for everyone. NFL officials likely won't set foot on a field until week one of the regular season. It's one of several new coronavirus protocols under discussion between the league and the NFL Referees Association. So officiating crews usually make a multi-day visit to training camp, during which they explain new rules to players and coaches and also work on their own timing and crew communication during practices. They have a preseason of their own, right, a ramp up to the year. A lot of these guys, this isn't their full-time job, so they have other professions and They also have to get back into football shape in a certain sense. Uh, To minimize the risk of infection this year, though, those trips have been canceled. According to the NFL RA Executive Director Scott Green, the league is hoping to have virtual presentations instead in lieu of that. Uh, People haven't forgotten about the Astros, although this year without fans in attendance and without uh, in-person booing, Uh, things will look a little bit different for them out on the field. Buster only, though, saying people haven't forgotten. Well, I do think that the conversation about any Astro who gets hit is going to continue. (laughs) Social media is going to explode every time one of these guys gets hit. You know, I just in watching those situations yesterday. The bases were loaded on a couple of them. Um, I I don't think they were on purpose. It involved the Royals, a team not directly affected by the, you know, the Astros sign stealing in a way teams like the Yankees and Dodgers were. I don't think it's going to be as bad, guys, as it may have been if we had started on time. I think that, you know, between the pandemic and and everything that's happened since then, some of that has gone away. I do expect there are going to be situations where they're playing an American League West rival and they're two outs and there's nobody on base and all of a sudden, boom, you know, on the butt, on the middle of the ribs, something like that that's going to raise some eyebrows. It's referencing a couple of Astros players getting hit in an exhibition game against the Kansas City Royals. Mark Teixeira, uh, who now is an analyst for ESPN, MLB analyst for them, uh, talked about if teams target the Astros that he thinks the MLB will step in. Listen, I don't think the Royals are going to want to you know, hit guys with the bases loaded, even in a, in a summer camp game. But the third one is the one that really bothers me. And, and even though it, it may not have been intentional, if you start seeing Astros players getting hit up and in, above the shoulders, in the head, in the hands. Major League Baseball is going to shut it down right away. This sport already has a black eye right now amongst the fans. There's a lot of people out there that didn't like the labor strife and the back and forth. And there's even more people that, if I'm only going to get 60 games, let me watch 60 clean games. I don't want to see the Astros getting plucked left and right. And I do believe that Major League Baseball will step in if this is a problem. But uh, the Mariners will be the first on the mound against them in their series over the weekend. And yes, hoping ultimately safety is the key in baseball, especially this year. Um, Also some headlines in baseball yesterday. Major League Baseball and the Players Association reportedly discussing expanding the 2020 playoffs from 10 teams to 16, according to multiple reports. It was first reported by MLB Network. 
And uh, during negotiations for return to play this season, MLB and the players discussed expanding the playoffs to eight teams per league for 2020 and 2021. But uh, that was on the table several different times this year. How that could affect the the MLB and the field with a shorter season. And think about that because of the you know the limitations of the calendar. What that would mean is that the outset of the playoffs with the 16 team field, all 16 16 teams will be in action right away, and that first series almost certainly would have to be a best of three. So Dodgers Yankees could be playing for their lives right away in a best of three series. That would be fun. Uh, if you're going to have an accelerated product this year, that uh, that would seem to be wholly appropriate. Outfielder Mookie Betts and the L.A. Dodgers have agreed on a 12-year, $365 million extension that keeps the former American League MVP from reaching free agency this winter. Combined with the one-year, $27 million contract he's currently playing out, Betts' total comes to 13 years and $392 million. The deal tops the previous extension record of $360 million signed by Mike Trout and includes a record three or record $65 million signing bonus. Jeff Passan on how this deal benefits both sides. Both sides benefit from it. The Los Angeles Dodgers want to win championships, seven consecutive National League West titles, two World Series losses, and when they traded for Mookie Betts from Boston this offseason, it was to add him to a core that includes Cody Bellinger, that includes Walker Buehler, and Dustin May, and Corey Seager, and Will Smith. You can go on and on about the talent, and that is why Mookie Betts was comfortable signing this deal and taking himself to age 40. He wants to be in Los Angeles. He was comfortable with the Dodgers. It is the second biggest contract in baseball history. And amid the pandemic, there were concerns that free agent dollars weren't going to be what he had hoped. Well, he didn't have to go to free agency to get paid. He got it from the Dodgers. Mookie was on a video conference call from Dodger Stadium yesterday ahead of his debut, making his debut with the Dodgers, and he said he's looking forward to spending his whole career with LA. Uh, it's obviously a special day, time that I've been working for for my whole life. I've been a part of this, um, part of this, everybody's been a part of uh, this, this whole day. This is uh, the day that we've been uh, dreaming about, and for it to come true, definitely a blessing. Super happy to be a part of this organization. The this morning, 9 a.m., we may get our look at the new NHL Seattle team name. They dropped a teaser video yesterday. That's good. Keep her steady. What is that? Shows two people out on the water in a fishing boat. They haul up something. It's a red light, a beacon that uh, begins to blink. Also, we hear a fairy foghorn at one point. So something related to the water, something related uh, to the Pacific Northwest routes here. That's all we know as of now until, of course, 9 a.m. Pacific. And it'll be on their social media channels on NHL Seattle's website. And of course, it will be breaking live on Danny and Gallant. So we'll be discussing and having plenty of reaction on that. In the meantime, getting amped up for baseball today. It's going to be on ESPN later today. And Mariners baseball is going to be on just a day away from from now, opening their season in Houston against the Astros. Yesterday, some promising things in their final inter-squad game of Summer Camp 2020. Eight innings worth, and unfortunately no s'mores around the campfire, Scott Service noted yesterday uh, at Summer Camp. Uh, officially completed Summer Camp. 
we didn't have marshmallows around the campfire, but uh, uh, we are uh, pretty excited to, to get this thing rolling. Um, didn't know that we'd get to this point, quite frankly, uh, when this whole thing started and we all got together with all the testing and everything else uh, we were going to have to overcome to get to opening day. Um, you know, I, I was I questioned whether it could happen or not, but you know, a testament to um, you know our players, the people around Major League Baseball, um, to put the protocols in place to make this happen. So uh, our guys are excited as heck, as am I. I know it's going to be a quick season; it's only 60 games, but at least we got one. So looking forward to to getting to Houston. Starter Justice Sheffield stole the show yesterday. Top Chef striking out eight in his four-inning outing in which he faced the minimum. Not bad. Struck out the side in the first. Had five strikeouts by the second. And like Kendall Graveman did the day before him, Sheffield able to get out in front of hitters, get in favorable counts. He also, by his own words, said he was doing some different stuff yesterday. But just cool to see him out there looking in, uh, in ready for the regular season in fine form. The 24-year-old won't make his season debut in the opening series in Houston, but he will be on the mound in Anaheim against the Angels early next week if all things go to plan. Also, Evan White, Kyle Lewis continuing to mash and hit for extra bases. That's a great sign. Evan White going to make his MLB debut on Friday in the starting lineup. And then Shed Long also knocking a home run out of the park. Now, there is some bad news. Mariners catcher Tom Murphy, he has a metatarsal fracture in his left foot. We heard that from Jerry Depoto on the broadcast of the game yesterday. So Austin Nola will move up into that starter role. And then Joe Hudson moves into the backup role. We got to see him a little bit yesterday. The 29-year-old has played in just nine MLB games since his debut in 2018. But, uh, but Scott Service feeling very confident in his abilities. And he will now be the team's backup catcher until Murphy is healed up. Uh, you guys, I'm excited. Baseball is back. And in the famous words of Dave... Welcome back, baseball. Welcome back. Excited for it. Later tonight, New York Yankees facing off against the Nationals, 4 p.m. Pacific time. Giants at Dodgers, 7 p.m. Pacific time. We'll have baseball to discuss tomorrow. That's a wrap for the hot list in the entire Blitz. It's six-hour six Danny and Galat coming your way next right here on 710 ESPN Seattle.